What's up, everybody? This is the Off the Top Podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. This is me, Jordan. What up? It's Julian. And I just want to say thank you guys for following us along in this journey. It's really cool to get, you know, more growth and more engagement from you guys and being on those 12 platforms that we're on, the latest being Spotify. We're making moves and we're trying to bring our archaeologist fans with us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And with us making moves, it's very important because we'll be making moves in our real life soon. But uh, about budgeting, um, how I want to save up for a giant pony or a sweet electric guitar or maybe a signed guitar from Guitar Hero from the passing Jimi Hendrix or something like that. But I think it's really important to understand how to budget. Yeah, I think you kind of portrayed it right there where, you know, regardless of what you're doing, You're going to need to work with a budget. Even if you don't know your budget, you have one. So it's best to kind of understand it when you're going through life, right? Yeah, and I think as for us as young adults, if you can establish a budget early in your life for how you're budgeting or how you're tracking um, your finances, it's going to be very beneficial in the long run. Um, Even if you're a little bit older, it's still important to realize, you know, how your finances or your income is working to shape up for your retirement. Yeah, exactly. And so let's just put it into a real life perspective, Julian. What's the last thing that you made a budget for? Um, The last thing I made a budget for was um, just like savings in general. I don't think I budgeted for an item, but I think I started budgeting and um, dissecting my monthly income and by by monthly income. I think that's every two weeks um, into how much what percentage I want to save and what percentage I can actually save. Gotcha. And so when you do a budget, uh, what's like sometimes the first things that you think about? First thing I think about is my almost fixed expenses. So like uh, my rent, car insurance, uh, maybe it's like Spotify that I pay for or other little things that I pay for monthly to understand that every month that's going to be taking out of my um, income and exactly, you know, what percentage is that and what percentage do I have to spend Um, is what I get to next on maybe groceries or just fun spending and what percentage I want to save. Yeah, and I think that's very smart that you kind of have a base layer of this is exactly what I'm going to be spending. Like this is the least or like, you know, the least amount of money that I'll be spending. But it's going to go up from there with obviously, you know, grocery bills and, you know, electricity. Sometimes if you don't consider that a fixed expense and know exactly what your gross or electricity bill is every month, you know, those things are really good to start with because it kind of gives you a platform of, okay, so this is what I'm working with right now. What are things that I add on to this usually and get a good picture of what, you know, your lifestyle is in a budget sense? Yeah. And I think a big problem people have with budgeting is um, we'll go back to the young adults and that like maybe you're still living with your parents or, you know, you're sharing a multi apartment with multiple people. So your rent is extremely low. Um, understanding that once you transition to, you know, maybe living by yourself or transition to um, a different area, just because in your one area you're paying, you know, 200 bucks for rent and the rest of it is spending money. Um, that's really going to change. So when you're picturing, oh, I'm going to move to um, Wyoming or something like that. I don't know why I would choose Wyoming to move to. But um, understanding that your budget's going to be a lot different because there's a lot of things you don't account for. Yeah, I think that's a very good point, too, is that you're going to 
you got to understand the environment that you're in or going to when you're making a budget as well, because there's going to be areas of lower cost of living than where you're currently at or higher cost of living. And you got to also think, what are you making this budget for? Yeah. Um, and I think the first step that I was always found helpful too is finding a way to track your expenses or track what you are spending um, physically, whether that be on your phone or like Google Sheets or an Excel spreadsheet or even just writing it down on a notepad to understand, you know, exactly what money is being spent when and where. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a, a really good idea as far as a general rule, not even with budgeting, because once you understand where your money's going, it gives you a lot better idea of how you're spending it. And I know that sounds kind of odd, but imagine if you are just going out and, you know, using your credit card for things, you don't really have a real sense of, you know, at the end of the month, how much did you spend on, you know, food or makeup or candy or whatever it is, because it's it's not really a nominal transaction as far as like I have $100 to spend on candy. Now, at the end of the month, I have 20. I spent $80 on candy. Not that I do that, but you <laughs> there know. may be circumstances. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. A guy's got to live, right? Um, so in your kind of base or the starting, how do you look at your budget or um, portioning your money? Yeah, so there's kind of uh, one. Well, the first thing I do is and I'm lucky to have skills in Excel. So I use that as a tool first off. And what I do with it is basically I get my information of how much I spend usually and start with my fixed expenses, obviously, and go from there. So I'll have my fixed expenses, the things that I can't move, like we talked about before, then the variable ones. And the way I get those is basically look at my spending patterns. And if I like the way, if I think it's understandable, you know, that I'm spending X amount of dollars on whatever, then I could like work that into my budget. And if I don't think that that's like, you know, oh, that was a one off time where I just had to, you know, like I went paintballing and went to the movies like eight times in a month or whatever it was, then I know like, okay, so I shouldn't make this a normal thing in my budget, for instance. Yeah, I think I kind of do the same thing. And then I take mine and kind of look at it in percentages. So I'll take like my rent, for example, is a little less than 30% of my monthly income. Um, I'll look at like, you know, how much of my fixed expenses. So maybe that's 40% or 50%. And that leaves me 20% to either save or 10% to save and tend to spend on experiential things. Um, just kind of understanding that percentage. So I really under can go like, maybe this month I don't want to spend 10% of what I have left. Maybe I want to spend, try to save money and spend 5%. Yeah. And also a good thing to think about, you made me think of it when you said like, you know, what do I choose to do with that end? Um, I also like to basically work in me putting into a savings account on my fixed expense side. So what it does is basically it's almost like, you know, if you had a 401k, it'd be similar to that where money's getting taken out and you don't even see that money and it just starts from there. So I think that that's also a good idea because it works on basically it's almost one of those hacks for financial discipline and the fact that the more automated something is and the less, you know, you're physically having to take money somewhere and put it somewhere else where you can't access it normally, then it makes, you know, you a better saver in a sense as well. 
Yeah, and I think once you kind of have this baseline set up, you kind of know where your dollar is going. Um, I think the next step for me is to say I am budgeting for an item. I kind of set that as a goal. So say I'm budgeting for a giant marble piano and it's 20 grand or something like that. Um, and I want to get that piano four years from now. I kind of go from there. I you know, figure out if I save X amount in this savings and divide it by 48 months, how much do I have to save per month to get there? And then you can compare that with, okay, I need to save this much per month. Can I do that with what I currently make? Yeah. So you're basically what you're doing is amortizing the costs of that throughout over time so that you can, you know, start saving and have some sort of projection of like, okay, so if I wanted it by, you know, to impress somebody in January and I wanted two months to practice. So I'd want to get it sometime in October. Then, you know, how, how long do I have? How much do I need to save in each paycheck or however you want to break the time down? Yeah. And I think that's where you run into problems. If you don't understand where your money is at already, and you're trying to budget for something um, a little bit out of your comfort zone, because if you, you know, like, Oh, I want to save, 300 bucks a month or 350 bucks a month for this item but realistically like that's cutting out some of your grocery or your gas or um, giving you that kind of safety room while budgeting or while with what you have um, it can really detour de detour detour you from um, getting to that final goal yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point, too. You got to think like when you're making a budget, it's great to go like balls out and make sure that you have like every duck in a row. But it's life. So, you know, some things happen that you won't be expecting. So your budget might get thrown off. So it's very important to have some sort of breathing room in there where you can say, you know, I want this or this specific category, if you wanted to break it down that far to be within this range, either like, you know, 15 to 20 percent of my monthly income or just have you know a lot a certain amount of five percent of your income for just miscellaneous like oh i just went over on my gas bill because i drove a little further than i expected or you know things of that nature to kind of let yourself not be so stressed out and like i have to do it this way and i can't spend any, like a penny more on this or you know everything's thrown off yeah, and I mean, this might sound a little meticulous to, you know, write all these down, but realistically, it's going to help you in the long run. And I guarantee there's like an app out there that'll help you track it. You just have to put it in at the right time or um, an app that's going to kind of give you a guideline of where you should be going or what you're lining up for. But my question to you is, do you think people would be better with budgeting if we still use cash more than uh, plastic? Um, to first step back on the app thing. So what the app that I use, that's really helpful is mint and it keeps, it tracks all that stuff. So it will track, you know, your bank accounts, your credit cards, even like your student loans, if you have them and your like car loans and all that stuff. So if you guys were interested in finding an app like that, I would recommend mint. But back to your question, as far as, you know, the actual, almost budgeting psychology of either cash or with credit cards, I think it's pretty, um, it's not a secret that cash you're better at um, budgeting just because there's an actual tangible thing that you're giving to somebody and then you have. So, for instance, like my example with a hundred dollars budget of candy, I gave somebody eighty dollars for candy. Now I have 20 left. So I know exactly how much I spent when on a credit card, if you were to just keep that number in your head. 
uh, it either could change or it's not likely that you'd remember it. Right. So I think that it's, you know, for best for best keeping track of money that I think that just in your own like head, I think cash, but I think overall credit cards can be a huge utility as far as cash back goes. And also mints like app will keep track of exactly where you spend it and how you spend it. Apps like mint. Um, I think that when you, I think with cash too, you just have that tangible feature. Like this is going to be a really weird example, but like, Say your $100 bill is a house, right? And you spend 80 bucks for it. Someone's taking 80% of your house and you under, really understand what you have left. That's kind of the way I look at cash as some weird example of how it's being given or given away. Um, you had a good point before answering the question about a car payment, which is a lot of a thing. I think a thing in a budget is people don't think about until they like, oh, I got a car. And then they realize like I got to pay X amount a month. Um, and that can run into some serious problems, especially if you have like an adjustable rate um, payment on your car. Yeah. And I think that that all kind of lumps into transportation. And that's how I think that it's really helpful to look at this budget as just different aspects and sectors of your life that you need to work on in a daily basis. And we always talk or we've talked about, you know, looking back at your past payments, but obviously you're not going to look back and say, or like, you know, let's say you pay your insurance, like huge, like a lump sum. So six months at a time in one payment, then you're obviously not going to have that payment for 10 of those months of the year. So what you want to do is definitely be more inquisitive on the side of, what it takes to do something. So what does it take for me to drive to work every day? It takes insurance. Well, it takes a way of transportation, whether it's the bus, car, motorcycle, bike, longboard, whatever. So it takes that to basically buy that or maintain it or do whatever, because maintenance costs as well. Then insurance, if the thing needs insurance and go so on and so on. So I think it's good budgets are budgets that you are thoughtful in, I would say. Yeah, because I think the worst thing is to kind of go into something blindly and be like, oh, you know what, I'm only paying 250 a month for this car, but your insurance went up and maybe you got an Audi, so your maintenance cost when you need to get it fixed is a little bit more than, say, a Subaru or something along those lines. Um, it's just very interesting, especially as we see like some of our friends get older and they kind of go and get their, you know, you get your first car X and Y, and you're sometimes you're asking yourself like, how are you, how are they affording that? Maybe they're a barista at a local coffee shop, or maybe they're doing something else. But they could be doing something extravagant with their budgeting and really understand it, or you know they're just kind of switch out. They're leasing the car and switching it out soon. Yeah, exactly. And I think you kind of touched on a point of with when it comes to budgets. Budgets are very personal. So the same budget that works for me isn't going to work for you or somebody who's listening right now. So I think it's important. It's important to understand that comparing how people's budgets are isn't apples to apples uh, by any means. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter if they have the same job as you. You know, budgets are just different. So it's important to not compare, I would say, just because, you know, eventually if you start keeping up with the Joneses, if you don't have keeping up with the Joneses budget in mind, then you can find yourself in some sort of, you know, tough situation. Yeah. Um, something that came to mind when you're saying that is different techniques um, I've used or people have used to budget before. Like I, for a while, while I was in school, would only spend money on 
Saturdays and Wednesdays. So that left me Sunday through Tuesday and Thursday and Friday that I couldn't spend any money. And I was less likely to impulse buy on those days. Yeah, I think that's an important one. One that I've used as well. And it helps just because you have days where, you know, it takes out the opportunity to spend money. And I think that's a large portion and part of you know, saving money and being a very smart spender when it comes to things. And you're more thoughtful. So on those days, Saturdays and Wednesdays, you're thinking, all right, so I probably need to go grocery shopping. I need to do certain things so that I don't, you know, so I because I can't buy or my by my rule, I can't buy lunch at school or something like that. And I think that something like that is a smart idea. And where did you find that idea? I don't know, probably on the internet or something, or I would assume it's on the internet. I'd like to say is some creativity, but I think it's just something similar to like the thing I saw where like you put a penny in a jar, like so you start on day one, you put one penny, day two you do like two pennies, etc. Or like, like every dollars. time you have sex, or I, or a cash <laughs> jar. I don't know about that, um, but yeah, you put them in, and then you're saving money. I just kind of maybe extrapolated or saw another post about just doing it on certain days um, to stop your opportunities from spending on other days. Yeah, and I want to touch on the part that you said, basically uh, the internet. The internet's an amazing place for having ideas about saving money and even if you wanted to go as far as frugal, which I feel like sometimes has bad connotations when it comes to that name, but there are really good ideas out there and like forums. So for instance, there's one that I casually follow. That's like financial independence is one and it's on Reddit. And also frugal is a subreddit on Reddit that talks about kind of the frugal mindset. And granted, some people are a little more extreme than others. And so basically your job is to find that happy medium of, you know, I'm not comfortable with, you know, only washing my one pair of underwear every two weeks. But at the same time, I think that, you know, let's say that taking the bus or like, you know, like having three cars is a little excessive or something. So just find what works for you personally in your comfort zone and then kind of branch out from there. So do you think if you were blessed with a lottery winnings, how much of your spending would change? I think most of my spending would change. Just the fact that First off, I probably, you know, you got to think about the situational things. You know, it might not be the best idea for me to like, you know, stay kicking it with the homies being like, you know, once people know that I won the lottery, shit's going to change a little bit. And, you know, you got to think now your budget's a little different. So you can spend more money on certain things if you were up to it. So, you know, that makes total sense why people would have real lifestyle changes when it comes to winning a large sum of money. But at the same time, what's a large sum of money? That's a relative term. So a large sum of money to somebody could be $500 when a large sum of money to somebody else could be $100 million, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think for me, if I won a large amount of money, I would be very... I don't think my budgeting would change a whole lot. Like Obviously, my expenses would go up. I'd probably buy a house, um, buy, get rid of my car, just buy the newer version of the model I have. Um, and maybe do a few more vacations. But for the most part, I'd try to stay very low key and, and not necessarily set myself up, but set my generations up afterwards, which is a whole nother thing in budgeting or, you know, budgeting for someone you don't know. 
Yeah, and I think that kind of touches on the topic that we mentioned earlier is what are you budgeting for? So if you're budgeting for kind of the continuous prosperity of future iterations of yourself, then, you know, that would make perfect sense. But if you were just kind of like a spendthrift and a profligate in the fact that I just want to ball out right now and I'm not worried about, you know, five years down the road, then it would be absolutely different, right? Yeah, and I think talking about balling out and you talked on it earlier is credit cards right credit cards are great if you know how to properly use one Um, we've talked about it before but the benefits of their cash back or their bonus points can be very beneficial um, when budgeting or doing it correctly oh absolutely i mean if you think about it the way i think about it sometimes is that everything i buy with this credit card is going to be about two to one and a half percent or three percent off or on sale and um there's also the downside of that because people tend to spend more with credit cards and you know if you want to hear about some interesting stuff about spending you could always go back to some of our older podcasts one was crowd theory where we talked about spending in crowds a little Mm -hmm. bit but i think that you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's a great utility if you use it wisely, but at the same time, you can end up cutting yourself if you're not too careful. Yeah, um, I think that's the thing with um, credit cards. They have a very sharp double-edged sword too, because one, you're spending, you could be spending money you don't have. And if you end up not paying that back that money, like the way it affects your credit in the long run can really harm you. So it's kind of like, the positives you get cash back, um, the negatives could really hurt your future. Um, and that's some things people just don't think about when budgeting, or maybe you have a credit card budget, or maybe you understand your income to say like, you know, I can, on my credit card, I can put 50% of whatever's on there and I can pay that off in two months or something along that lines. Yeah, exactly. And I think that those guidelines that we talked about, you know, like one guideline for me is like, you know, I'm never going to put something on my credit card that I couldn't have just bought outright just because they're in that sense of, you know, spending money that I don't have. That's the very dangerous to me, especially when you talk about like accumulated interest when you start paying those credit cards off if you don't pay it in full every month. So it just is more expensive to me personally to buy things that I don't have the money for at the moment than to save and then buy things that I do have the money for or buy something that is more affordable or in my budget compared to something that isn't. Yeah, and that's part of the thing Jordan's talking about is buying things that he he can personally buy that time and that's understanding your budget or where that limit is like you know what i can't buy this hundred dollar fruit if they sell those um but with this budget but maybe i can buy a 75 dollar fruit um and in that too i think it's important to understand like we said setting up that budget beforehand I like to believe like as pay as much down, like if you're buying something that, you know, you're going to have to make payments on, but put as much down as possible is the way I think about it. Um, so in the long run, you get less interest and it's probably a little bit easier to pay off with that money you have budgeted aside. Not saying like, oh, you have all of your savings, put all that down, put a good portion of what you think is comfortable to put down on that payment um, to help you, you know, skip some of those interest payments or just shorten payments in general. Yeah, and to kind of illustrate something that's really important that we've mentioned before in this podcast, I feel like I've been saying that a few times, but imagine this. I'm going to play, I'm going to make it a little bit more disparate in the fact of, you know, you just said that like paid, like have larger down payments if you can. 
Now I'm going to bring the other idea in the fact of let's say that you have multiple, you know, um, interest rates that you need to pay off. I would say if there's one that's less, then don't worry about that. Or even let's think about this. So let's say I have a, a car loan and I have one or two percent interest on it a month. And I also have a, you know, a index fund that I put money into that I get 5% back or like a savings account that I get two and a half percent back. So it makes more sense financially to me to not pay off my car loan sooner and put money into that savings account or whatever um, because of the opportunity costs of where that money would go otherwise. And not saying that you wouldn't agree with that, but I just wanted to make the point of, you know, two people can have different ideas about, you know, debt and paying it off and budgeting. And that's perfectly fine because they're, you know, they have different budgets and different, you know, rules and guidelines that they live by. Yeah, and uh, to dissect that, he's not saying don't pay your car loan. No. You're still paying it, but it isn't the top priority to get it done the first or the quickest. Um, I think we've touched on it a few times. Google like an amortization table and put, even if you can't buy a house, maybe put a house price like $360,000 or a car or something like that. And I'll show you, you know, how it works is basically it'll show you what your interest payment is. So what you're paying to the bank and then what you're actually paying for your car. And it's usually like the first portion is like 98% of it is going to the bank and like 1% is going to the car. And then it slowly kind of shifts and you hit this middle and then you start paying more for the car and less to the bank. But it's really shocking like how much you are paying at first just to the bank before you're actually touching the physical car or house or whatever it is. Yeah. And when you talk about bank, I'm assuming you mean interest because there's, yeah, there's a part of, you know, paying off or like building equity and then paying off interest. And that's a really good point. And it shows that, you know, when it comes to houses and things of that nature, it's really important to make sure you know what you're doing with it when it comes to your interest rate and extrapolating out your mortgage, your car payment or whatever, because that interest and even like, you know, it's seemingly minute changes in that interest rate could extrapolate to big lifestyle changes at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think that kind of covers a lot of bases for you to set up your budget. Um, any last budgeting tips or words of wisdom from Jordan? Um, just do your research. Be a student and you know, never think you know it all because that's when you stop learning and stop improving when it comes to budgeting, when it comes to anything. Uh, my last words are maybe you could where somewhere to start. Maybe think about all of the coffee you drink or all of the little snacks you get just because, you know, you're bored or so all those little things that you probably don't need every day. That's going to save you a lot of money in the long run. Um, once again, we're on 12 platforms. Uh, email us at the off the top podcast. We hope we saved you money or saved your ears in this case. Yeah. See you guys.